0: no theory. Hi everyone so we've had some really interesting conversations over the past couple of weeks speaking with guests about inclusivity, positive attitudes, challenging government institutions and really just knowing yourself well enough to fit yes and no into your life. So on that note let's jump into today's chat. If you're still getting acquainted with our voices just a reminder I'm Lydia and I'm
1: Simone. All right I'd like to welcome Our episode three guest. She's a journalist and creator of feminist blog, That's the T. This is Leah Anderson Byrne. How are you, Leah?
0: I'm great, Simone. How are you girls going? (laughs) We're good too, yeah. Not too bad getting there amid lockdown, but you know, (laughs) the new normal.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, could you tell us a bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, sure. So, um, I'm a 20 year old journalist from North East Victoria. I've got a passion for feminism and empowering women and supporting women and also including men into the conversation of these topics and just like talking about the lived experience of women so that perhaps I can
0: educate and enlighten a few more people as well. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Really important stuff. And um, why did you say yes to this interview today? Um,
1: I was really excited to be asked to do this podcast. I, I guess I was just excited to have another platform to continue to share I guess the importance of the word "no" and the role it plays in in so many things, from from sexual assault to personal boundaries to to self care. Um, so yeah, that's basically basically the reason. Mm-hmm. And why did you want to start a blog about feminism? Yeah, so so this year has brought a lot of changes for me personally, and also with lockdown, I've obviously had more time to consume more content from some incredible female creators on the internet where I've expanded my knowledge on the topics that I was already passionate about. Um, I I also absolutely love writing. Obviously I'm a a journalist, so you kind of hope that I enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I wanted a place where I could sort of put down all my thoughts and share some of the conversations that myself and my two wonderful, powerful girlfriends slash housemates have had and if what I talk about can resonate with even one person, then that's the goal. Um, I also wanted to have a space where men could read about these things and perhaps come away with a better understanding of why feminism is important and what needs to change and, I guess, how they can help with those changes because a lot of it is down to them. Have you got any um, positive feedback or any feedback, whether that's negative or positive, from men, from your book? Yeah, um, Yeah, so one of the really positive experiences I've had feedback-wise from men is um, one of my co-workers who's significantly older than I am, so I didn't really expect him to, to read the blog or I guess not pay attention to what I have to say, but yeah, just have a read. And not only has he read every single post I've put up, He's also taken some of those lessons and passed them on to his sons and spoken to them about some of the things I've spoken about. Um, And he's also just come away with a greater knowledge for himself of some of these issues that I talk about. So some of the things that he had like no idea about that women face that he's now realizing and then he's putting himself, well, he's changing things that he does so that he can help with some of those issues that women do face like as a man he's doing what he can so that was really exciting um to hear and we have really good discussions around everything and i think one thing that's really important is that he he takes the time to read the blog so he's not putting all the the effort on to me i mean obviously i've written the blog but i choose to do that um, <laughs> But then if he still doesn't understand something or he does want my personal advice or experience with it, he then has a conversation. So, yeah, that's been really exciting. I haven't had too much negative um, feedback. There's some – I'm definitely aware of some men who have strong opinions about the work that I'm doing and the things that I'm encouraging other women to do, such as expressing boundaries or knowing their worth. Um, But they will usually just rant about me to other like-minded men who don't actually care enough to join in the conversation and ask questions, they really just want to complain because it doesn't suit their view on the world and it challenges their privilege. Um, so I don't really pay attention to that sort of stuff because I'm aware of it. It doesn't faze me, and I don't think about those sort of people who don't want to actually actively participate in what I'm trying to trying to say. Mm-hmm. That's so awesome, though, that your co-workers really engaging with your work. That must be really yeah. encouraging. It's really exciting, especially someone like he's um, over the age of 40, which obviously I'm not saying that's old, but <laughs> <laughs> older than I am as a 20-year-old. Um, so it's been really exciting to see that I'm reaching other age brackets and um, obviously what I wanted to do, which is reach
0: men and get their feedback on it as well. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And I think too sometimes – Men, it's not necessarily like a lack of interest as you said it's just they really have no idea about some of the experiences of women and you know the way we move through the world in a completely different way mm. so yeah, it's it's great that they're being so receptive um, yes. on your blog you say that you're a feminist in training which is quite an interesting sort of um, phrasing there so what what do you mean by that exactly?
1: So basically it means that I'm not an expert and I will always be learning, growing and evolving. So I'm constantly gaining more insight from others, both online and in real life. Um, and I am going to make mistakes. I am going to say the wrong thing sometimes because I'm in training. I'm learning every single day. and. That's why I always welcome feedback from people who may have a better insight into the topic or can help me fix something that I've communicated incorrectly or or phrased wrong. So an example of this would be um, ableism. It's something I've learned about a lot this year and I've just never mm-hmm. thought about it that much, like how my body is – I'm privileged because I have an able body and it's just something that I'm learning so much more about and how some of those things can affect other people that I wasn't even – aware of so yeah it's basically just means I'm going to get things wrong and I'm still learning every single day Mm -hmm. it's kind of like you know the men that you were talking about they just don't know in the same way you just don't know about um disabled um advocacy issues you know exactly like it's the point is that you are constantly seeking that knowledge and you are learning Mm -hmm. and you have the ability to say I was wrong I apologise, I will now make active choices to change and fix that and grow from this. Yeah. So what kind of feminist do you want to be? Um, I want to be the kind of feminist who supports every single woman. So as I said in one of my blog posts, I used to think that feminism was about supporting women who don't quote-unquote succumb to the pressures of society and and capitalism, Um, so the women who you know, don't wear makeup and don't want to surgically change their appearance. Plus, I also thought that feminists who shouted, I hate men from the rooftops, um, were too much. But I've realised that it's really about loving every woman woman, and however they want to present themselves to the world and however they want to advocate for their own feminism. So I've also been learning a lot more about how my feminism as a white woman can and should support women of colour as well um, Mm. and also trans women who are women. So, yeah, it's just about loving everyone pretty much. Mm -hmm. I like like that sentiment. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, because they're just... I Guess so many stigmas, and some of the things you just mentioned about man hating, about it being sort of a a privileged, um, exclusive space. This idea of you know, feminist communities, so So like
1: hairy lesbians, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. So, as a feminist, what is your response to people who say that the fight is basically over, that we are equal? Because I know I've experienced that throughout my own life as well. I mean, I didn't think the term feminist was such a taboo topic. I went to an all-girls school, very focused on female empowerment and whatnot. And then I've gone out into the world and I'm interacting more with men and they're kind of, well, not even just men, all different sorts of people who sort of, I don't know, grimace a little bit at that phrase and said, oh no, I'd never refer to myself as a feminist. And like, we have equal rights. Like, what (laughs) what, what are we fighting for? So how can you Continue encouraging these conversations and still draw attention to issues and sort of the disparities that still exist.
1: Yeah, so I think it is frustrating when when people say like, "No, you're done. Your work is done. You've got the vote. You can, you know, get abortions in Australia at least. Um, all this sort of stuff." Like, yes, we did achieve those, and it's really important to look back and celebrate those those wins. Um, but it's it's the fact that like my coworker how he wasn't even aware of some of the things that we still have to do and still have to face it's like those little everyday things that we experience that men just don't and mm. now when i say men obviously you know the typical not all men but it's just a disproportionate amount of things that happen to women that don't happen to men so you know like catcalling um obviously sexual assault rape violence all these things disproportionately affect women. And there is a reason for that. It's, you know, it's not, it's clearly still an issue that women are oppressed and have, there are certain factors in our life that are going to occur that men just don't experience. So it's hard because, yes, we do have the vote and it seems like our voices are getting louder um, and being heard. The fact of the matter is, it's just it's still disproportionate amounts of, as I said, violence, sexual assault, all these things that affect us that don't affect them. So that's why I think it's really important to start trying to include men into the conversation, and it does have to be the men that want to listen and learn, and and that might take a few conversations to get out, and um, you can sort of tell after those few conversations which ones are going to continue to listen and learn from you, and which ones aren't. So. Yeah, I think it's just important to keep um, spreading that awareness and spreading that knowledge of what we experience and making sure that there are people that are listening and taking that into account. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's very important. Mm
0: -hmm. Fantastic. And which which feminist issues do you think that you're most passionate about that are perhaps still being marginalised and not spoken about enough?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, this is ca- almost a tricky question for me because personally, I'm just a i I just want to promote like feminism in general. and I think one of the things that is really important is changing that stigma around the word and making sure that it's not turned into this man hating like idea that people seem to have. So that's probably the main thing. Um, I think violence against women is obviously a big one and it as it is getting a bit more traction, that sort of thing. And there's obviously lots of foundations and organisations and charities that help uh, women in need. But the fact that it's still happening, it just means that, you know, it's still an issue that needs to be faced. Um, I also think that not so much in Australia because obviously we have a bit more bodily autonomy in terms of abortions and that sort of thing here, but it's been really disheartening this year to see some of the stuff coming out of America per se around around that. So it's frustrating that we're still seeing these essentially old white men uh, making choices for for women. And so I think that's something we can focus on. On as well and reducing even in Australia reducing the actual stigma around abortion and and that sort of thing as well so mm-hmm. I guess those would be my main ones but yeah feminists in general I just want to keep um, advocating for and, and supporting and bringing that into the lives of the people that that's around me.
0: Mm -hmm. Excellent. Something I found really interesting on your blog, actually, was um, your interviews on women who have experienced endometriosis and had diagnoses and just sort of within medicine and seeking medical help, how much they've sort of been silenced or just pushed aside. And I mean, that's not a condition I experienced myself. So I was just really shocked because personally, I have so much faith in um, like medical professionals. So I feel like that would be such a i don't know a disempowering experience
1: yeah and it was really interesting this year so one of my good friends um who is a male he's doing a psychology course and he asked he's friends with all three girls in the household so he comes to us for a lot of those conversations and he said he was doing a a topic about yeah what women have to face in the medical um i guess industry and he goes obviously the obvious one is like um male gynecologists or or anyone in that realm who are inappropriately like touching women and that sort of thing but he couldn't think of anything else and then within our household we came up with maybe three other things that happen and obviously the big one was the fact that we're just not listened to or taken seriously and he was like yeah wow I did not even think that happened or that was a thing and again it's just they're just unaware of some of the things that women have to face every single day
0: Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Leah. Um, We are going to take a song break now, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We have a little bit of a retro playlist today lined up. So this is Gypsy by Fleetwood Mac. Enjoy.
2: Some lace and paper flowers
1: Welcome back, everyone, to No Theory. That was Gypsy by Fleetwood Mac. All
0: right. So we're here with Leah Anderson-Byrne today, journalist and blogger of That's the Tea. Um, all right. So at No Theory, obviously, we're very interested in the term no and um, I guess placing it in our lives, the importance of it and objection, I guess, knowing our boundaries. So you, Leah. Um, as a blogger, as a feminist, as a journalist, how important is no to you and what you're doing, I guess?
1: Um, I think the main thing when I'm having conversations about feminism with people, I think knowing when to discontinue a conversation with someone who is just trying to rile me up and so saying no to them and stepping away is a big one because I can sometimes feel like arguing for hours. Um, <laughs> And also saying no to myself when I feel like starting fights with random strangers on Facebook, um, <laughs> because I know I know it won't get me anywhere. And as I said, I need to focus on the people who might actually listen and learn, rather than just stay in their view and and not take in any sensible discussion. So that would probably be the main thing in in what I do. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Like, you know, you don't want to waste your energy on people who refuse to listen or to you know be reasonable. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's just there's not really any point. As soon as you find someone who's not gonna, uh, who just doesn't want to learn, um, there's really no point in putting my own time and effort into that person because my mm-hmm. time is valuable. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, Definitely.
1: So, in your blog, you mentioned that some sometimes women say yes just because they want to be seen as polite. So, what are the consequences of women trying to always be polite and palatable? Um, yeah, there's different situations, I guess, for, for that sort of thing. So I think it really just, it continues the narrative that, that being polite and palatable is only what women should be. So I'm not saying to be instantly rude to (laughs) say a guy that comes up and asks for your number or offers you to buy you a drink, but once you've said no to him, from that point on he is not listening and he is overstepping that answer and you don't owe him the politeness anymore that he thinks he deserves because you've given him an answer and so from that point on it's just it's on him um if that means that he walks away calling you a bitch or a terrible person like so be it um another consequence i think is that men might not realize that coercion so when a woman says five no's and then eventually a yes because the guy wouldn't stop the pressure to participate in in sexual acts it is rape because if you didn't listen to the first answer that's rape and it's not about playing hard to get she has given you an answer and really you should have respected that from the get-go um and that does work both ways 100 percent um but obviously today and my blog is very focused on uh, uh, me as a woman. I can only really speak about my experience and the experience of women surrounded by. So that's why I'm talking about uh, women today. Um, So I just think there should really be more education around consent in that way. Um, I also think women being told to be polite Mm. can lead them to not being catered to in the bedroom also. So we've come a long way from when women um, who enjoyed sex were considered medically insane, um, and <laughs> male male doctors actually invented dildos as a cure for that mm-hmm. uh, hysteria. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> like we I remember. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, I, was I was just like going to say. I remember reading about that for the first time, and the fact it was called <laughs> hysteria. Oh, it's sorry. So funny. I'm just. <laughs> I know. I, it's, I'm, you're I'm having cool. hysteria.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, so we've obviously come a long way from then, but yeah, sex is a two-way street, and women should get an equal amount of attention during it. And they also shouldn't be afraid to ask for they want for what they want. Like communication is sexy. Everyone, communication—it's oh, just the best. So yeah, that probably sums up <laughs> the answer. Mm-hmm. Is it coming as a from a you know a journalist perspective you must you know really believe that communication is important myself as like studying journalism i also believe that yeah 100% i in all of my relationships whether that's friendships families partners anything like that communication is one of the biggest things because problems can't be fixed unless you do talk it out it's not going to be fixed by staying silent and not expressing how you're feeling and all that sort of thing so yeah communication is a big big thing for me and everyone around me knows it (laughs) excellent
0: and um how do you think women can overcome their fear of being rude or by saying no and objecting in certain situations um so I
1: think for me it was about realizing my worth and acknowledging that saying no isn't actually a bad thing it's just something that benefits you which can feel selfish um, but it's so important to look after yourself first, and this applies to creating or expressing boundaries in relationships or friendships, or even just taking time for yourself. So saying no or objecting in a situation where you're feeling pressured by a man, though, is a whole different ball game um, because the consequences of that can be much more severe. I mean, there are too many cases of women being raped or murdered or both when rejecting advances. So I think, This one is really on the men to learn about consent and just stop being fucking terrible sometimes, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It can be frustrating for sure. (laughs) So you've you've interviewed a lot of women um, in your blog. So what has their experience been with the word no or objection to the status quo? Yeah, so I think... Most of my interviews with women have featured them saying no to being something that they're not. So whether that's people telling them how they should act or dress or or do their art or share their story. Um, so at some point these incredible women just said, no, I'm going to be who I want to be and your opinion is irrelevant and I really think that's so powerful that's something I've tried to do this year as well especially with the feminism stuff like I've become more vocal about it in the past I'd say two years and anyone who doesn't accept that that's something that I'm now super passionate about and going to be constantly sharing and promoting then that's that's on them that's fine but that's on them yeah, as I guess as someone who's, you know, been following that journey, Leah, on you know, from following you on Instagram since high school, because, by the way, me and Leah went to high school together, um, you know, it's been really interesting to see that kind of, um I guess, development and, like, yeah, also, like, empowering, like, you know, reading your blog and reading your Instagram posts. Yeah, it's empowering and it's great to see and surround yourself with, like, other strong women. Yeah, yeah, that's been really exciting for me, obviously. So this year I moved out of home for the first time and I moved in with my two wonderful friends um, who are very like-minded um, and, yeah, we just have wonderful conversations on the couch, whether that's ranting or insightful conversations about something we've seen and a lot of my blog posts do come from topics that we cover just sitting on our living room couch so yeah it's just been this year as much as it's been pretty terrible um, <laughs> personally it's been pretty cool as well mm-hmm. yeah, there's always like silver linings and yeah there's always the going to be some positives and, and
0: change is good I've learned mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so from I guess having these conversations with your flatmates on the couch to the interviews you've held for your blog how do you think speaking with other women has helped inform your own beliefs and opinion about objecting to the status quo and the importance of saying no
1: yeah so I think one of the big things is realizing that like I'm not alone even in little things that I that happen that I'm like ah maybe I shouldn't complain about that. Maybe it's not that big of a deal. And then we have a discussion about it and realising that it's like, no, you, you can't let everything slide because then it does snowball into the bigger issues that, that women face. So whether that's like comments from co-workers from that you, I might not have previously spoken up against or anything that we face every day. So that's been a big thing, realising that having other women around me to support me has enabled me to continue having those hard conversations and going against things that are being done and said and that sort of thing um and I also just love women like friendships with women because Mm -hmm. when you have a good friendship group around you they lift and support you so 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 much and it's the best feeling ever you don't need anything other than your friends it makes me so happy this year has brought me so many new friendships and so many new connections and yeah just having women around you who support and lift you up and also educate you and tell you when you're doing something that not necessarily wrong but could be expressed better is also really um, incredible as well to experience
0: Mm -hmm. that's really good to hear because I mean I think that, again, it's one of these stigmas that women are sort of penned against each other or in competition kind of thing. And so when you feel like you're surrounded by such supportive people and you're, I don't know, I guess actively working against that and you yeah. feel this genuine love and appreciation for the women <laughs> around you. It's
1: yeah, that. and that's, that's another thing I've learnt this year too is that the women who are still... I guess seeing other women as competition or feel the need to drag other women down, they are still victims of the patriarchy, which tells them that they have to do that. So I've actually changed my view on some of those women who do that and been like, you know what? She's been, we've been brought up that way to see other women as competition and to tear each other down so that we're distracted and can't band together to tear down the patriarchy. So (laughs) <laughs> like, Heck it's yes. really it's frustrating <laughs> and there are some women out there who just, again, there's no point in trying to help or support or have conversations with them, but a lot of the time these women are just projecting their own insecurities or doing what they've been told their entire lives, which is <laughs> to tear down other women. Well, it's, so, you know, it's internalised misogyny, you know, that's what the yes. patriarchy teaches us, you know, it's an inherently, like, misogynistic system, so... Of course, you know, I think even, you know, women who call themselves feminists sometimes have to, you know, take a step back and be like, oh, gosh, is that that internalised misogyny? Is that actually problematic? There's a lot you have to unlearn when you grow up in the society that we do. Mm,
0: Definitely. I mean, I I feel that myself. There are so many times where I say things to myself and I judge myself for things that I probably wouldn't do to other women. Just, I don't know, I've been in circumstances where I felt the need to almost slut shame myself or Mm -hmm. question my motivations or, I don't know, just be judgmental. And I think you're right, Simone. It's like this internalized misogyny that I'm still sort of projecting onto myself at times, so... Yeah, no. and I think it's the women around me who help get me out of that. If anything, they're the ones who sort of give me that slap and be like, "No, Lydia, you wouldn't talk to someone else like that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so don't talk to you, yourself like that." But um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, just um before we get to our next song break, quickly in your blog you talk a lot about putting yourself first and that women don't do this enough. So why do you think women struggle with this so much? And do you have any examples of situations where you've put yourself first? And was that empowering?
1: Um, I
0: think a lot of women
1: don't put themselves first or, or struggle to look after themselves mostly because it feels selfish. And as I've already said, I guess from, from childhood, we're taught that being selfish is a bad thing, um, but it's only a negative thing if it does directly affect someone else. But being selfish in a way where you're putting yourself first shouldn't be a bad thing. I don't think it is. So whether that's with mental health or relationships or just life or your time or anything, you shouldn't feel guilty about keeping yourself happy and healthy. Um I also think that women have been socialised to put their needs and desires second to others, and it's usually men being in a patriarchal society. Um, So our lives are encouraged to live by the desires and needs of those other people, and so I think we really need to rewire our brain and and think about ourselves and recognise that it's not our job to look after people a lot of the time and it's not our only role or purpose in life. Um, The biggest change that I've made this year for myself is saying no to friends if I don't feel like company and not just being a people pleaser. So because I've had friends in the past take advantage of my need to please and to be a good friend and it just left me exhausted. Um, So I've stopped doing that. Um, another way I prioritize myself is just taking time to do more things that I love just for me so whether that's journaling or reading or even just being a slob on the couch um, (laughs) I've stopped I've stopped beating myself up for not being productive every single day because self-care is productive yes yeah. (laughs) yeah that's like you know Instead of internalised misogyny, that's more like I don't know internalised capitalism. I was like. going to say yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. Need yes. to be grinding away to feel uh, yeah
1: yeah worthwhile. Like being productive isn't doesn't define your self worth at all. So and that's yeah that's, exactly yeah, that's hard that. to like unlearn too. Yeah and like I work full time and then I find myself on the weekends if I've sat on the couch all day going oh I feel so bad for not doing anything today and then I'm like Leah you work five days a week like you're allowed to not do anything on the weekends which is your time off and even I've now started realising that reading so I got back into reading this year because I had a few years where I just my brain didn't want to look at more words after looking at words all day at work (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and I've found that um, this year I've been reading more, like, non-fiction and more feminist literature, which has been really eye-opening and I've, my brain has accepted that that's being productive now, so I don't beat myself up for reading anymore either, which is really exciting.
0: Do you have any recommendations of, I don't know, feminist literary canon? Oh, my God, do listeners?
1: I? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, the
1: biggest one is Women Don't Owe You Pretty by Florence Gibbon. Um, so I found Florence on Instagram. I can't remember. I think it was last year. I'm pretty sure it was last year and she's incredible. She's 21. So just, well, she's almost 22. So just over a year older than me. And oh, she's just amazing. And she takes no bullshit. And her book came out this year and it's really about a lot of the things I talk about. So putting yourself first and boundaries and, all that sort of thing. Um, so that's my my top pick. Um, I just finished reading All the Fucking Mistakes by Gigi Engel, um, which is basically about women owning their sexuality in a world that condemns sexual women. Um, and that's where I learned that fact about male doctors creating dildos to cure insanity. So that was really cool. Um, and it also talks about I mean, she does a whole chapter on, like, um, sexually transmitted diseases and all that sort of thing and how to battle those and also, like, consent and relationships. and So that was really cool as well. Um, And now I'm reading – what am I reading at the moment? Oh, The Beauty Myth by Naomi Wolf. So I've just started that. I've got a few pages in and then I fell asleep on the couch because I was – (laughs) very tired and also (laughs) it's a very intense book so you really have to sit down and take your time with that one I'm very excited about it though so that that tackles that idea of um like women being told that we need to be beautiful to get places and Mm -hmm. and it talks about capitalism and it basically talks about the fact that like the the feminist movement of the the 70s we like you know we won that yeah as you can say and we got the vote and we got rid of the um stigma oh not the stigma the idea that women have to be in the household and doing all those things but then that was replaced by the idea that women have to be beautiful and perfect to be consumed by society and men so oh it's big but i'm very excited
0: Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for those recommendations. I've had Simone de Beauvoir's second sex sitting on my desk for about a year now, but um, <laughs> she was one of my namesakes,
1: which I'm very proud
0: of. <laughs> nice. nice. Um, excellent. But yeah, I'll, I'll try and jump into some of those if I ever get through um, Mr. Beauvoir. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> we're going to take another break now. Um, This is Witchy Woman by The Hollies, but again, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more conversation with Leah.
2: She's a restless spirit, on the endless flight. self to madness with a silver spoon
1: Welcome back, everyone. That was Witchy Woman by The Hollies.
0: All right. So, again, we are here with Leah from That's The Tea Blog. So, Leah, before we come to the end of our session today, what tips or advice would you give to those who are struggling with saying no? Look, I
1: honestly think that just practising it with small things makes it slowly easier to start saying it to the big things. Um, So the more you say the word and realise that you are allowed to say it, the more it will feel comfortable and guilt-free. So I guess that's my biggest tip. For everyone it's going to be different um, because everyone has different situations where the word no is needed and maybe they can't feel like they can say it um but yeah that would be the biggest thing just practicing it with little things that you don't want to do day by day even as I said like saying it to yourself um and yeah just realizing that you're allowed to say it and you're allowed to say it to anyone you're allowed to say no to family members you're allowed to say no to friends um it can be a bit harder perhaps to say no in the workforce because obviously there can be consequences in that but I really do believe that things like mental health and safety is more important than a workplace if that is the situation that you're in. So, yeah. And, you know, similarly, like as we were talking about before, um, how can people work past these stigmas of being selfish or vain and how do they set up healthy boundaries in their lives? I mean, I think that's really just down to each individual. So finding out what things make you happy and what things don't and just making more of a conscious effort to say no so I really think that prioritizing yourself is important because when you do say no to something that you don't want to do you're prioritizing your own time and you're telling yourself that your time is valuable and important because you don't owe anyone your time you don't you have no obligation to other people if it's not something that you want to do
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Really good point. Yeah. Um, Alrighty. So before we wrap up, we've been asking our guests whether they think their favorite music indoctrinates certain ways of thinking or beliefs, or I don't know whether that be positive thinking, motivation, navigating relationships with others and ourselves. So coming back to your, your music taste in general and the songs you've chosen today, what do you think about this? What do you think the role of music is?
1: The role of music? Oh, okay. First of all, let me say I absolutely love music. I've always loved music. Um, my parents, my dad's a musician, so he brought me up brought me up on a lot of incredible bands and a lot of rock as well, which is really cool. Um, I mean, Fleetwood Mac has always been my favorite band. Like, I've got the body gold. Box set that I got for a birthday in my in my teen years, so I've had that for for a long time, and I've got a um, Fleetwood Mac tattoo last year, so that, oh, wow. that just shows it's how passionate <laughs> I am. Um, and that's why I chose Gypsy actually, because my tattoo is a tarot card with the Gypsy on it, so that's mm-hmm. that's that song. Um, I think music does have a lot of importance in people's lives and can influence ways of thinking and, and that sort of thing and perhaps when you're younger and you're hearing some lyrics that can translate into how you look at life or relationships like you said um later down the track because i know there's a lot of actually florence given who i was talking about earlier would always um talks about how there's certain tracks that she would listen to and she'd, like, have a bop to and enjoy and then she really listened to the lyrics and they would be so toxic about relationships mm. and stuff. That's and, happened
0: to me so many times. He yeah. <laughs> breaks them down. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, yeah, sometimes it can be a bit worrying what we put into our ears. But, yeah, I think one of the main influences that music has given me is I do listen to a lot of female artists and I always have as well. Obviously, Stephen Nicks from Fleetwood Mac is a – big influence as well um I'd like their stuff before she was in it too but she's a bit of an idol so yeah I think that would probably impact on me as well just my love for women and what we can do
0: Mm -hmm. something that someone brought to my attention the other day is actually "whop." is that that how you say (laughs) that am I saying that right I I I, I almost wanted to say WAP because I mean, it is an acronym, (laughs) which I'm not going to spell out for us. But do you have an opinion? um, I do. Okay,
1: okay. first of all, let me just say I love it. It's such a bop. Mm -hmm. And my favorite thing about it is that, like, it's women talking about what they want so it's like what I spoke about it's communication everybody it's (laughs) telling the men in their lives what they want in the bedroom which I think is important because women didn't always do that and some women still don't feel like they can do that Um, the backlash that it got was just so strange to me well not strange because it was probably expected really Um, and especially after this year with the OnlyFans popping up and all the stigma surrounding that as well Mm -hmm people don't like confident sexual women. Mm. And, but in a sense of when it's the women not asking for like permission to be confident and sexual, it's themselves doing it. So I think that's why I got so much backlash because all these men and women who were very clearly (laughs) internalised misogyny, um, (laughs) Uh, we're saying, like, oh, it's so disgusting. I can't believe how gross they're talking about it, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, for years, we've been listening to male rappers exactly. describe oh women's bodies. Yeah. Why is it mm-hmm. suddenly so outrageous and gross now that a woman's talking about her own body and what yeah. she, mm-hmm. like, it just, at blew least she's my not, mind. she's not even like objectifying anyone. <laughs> like, she's... I was it, thinking that too when it came out. I, like when it first came out, before I'd actually listened to it too. I'm like, why is everyone going so crazy about this? It's just, yeah. it's a song about like female empowerment, and Literally. and everyone's freaking out. It's there's such a double standard. Like there are so so many songs about men and their sexuality and oh my gosh. You know, objectifying women and. Mm-hmm. We're just like, oh, boys will be boys, or like Mm. that's just normal. If I
0: have to, sorry, I was just gonna say, (laughs) if I have to see one more music video with freaking DJ Khaled by a pool somewhere with some (laughs) pop singer and like about a hundred models who are probably just trying to get their big break in Hollywood, I don't know, but like, (laughs) just I can't do it anymore. So, yeah,
1: it was quite (laughs) refreshing the female. Sick perspective. of listening to men talking about my body parts. Stop it. Leave me yes.
0: alone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was I love it. I stand mm-hmm. for it.
0: I guess some people were sort of wondering like, is it the male gaze sort of thing, you know, like are they are they objectifying themselves for other people or like for men. Point. Kind of I thing. think
1: it was Russell Brandt did his little he had a little you know how he does those Facebook videos. I think he has a podcast. And um he, yeah, he was talking about how it's like, well, men already do that. So by women doing it, they're just copying what men already do. Like it's not actually a feminist movement or feminist move because men are already. And I'm like, no, the point is that we are taking control and we're putting it out there for ourselves. Like it's it's really about women taking control and letting people know what we want. And, yeah, I just think it's great.
0: Mm-hmm. Excellent, thank you. Because I, yeah, I was dying to get your perspective on that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, unfortunately, we have to wrap up now. So, a massive thank you, Leah, for joining us today. It's been really interesting, really insightful conversations. So. Um, these fresh conversations about feminism and the female experience really do feel important amid the ongoing stigma and pushbacks faced by the movement. Yeah, so your perspective is very much appreciated. You can find Leah's blog at www.thatsthetea.online but also f- throw her a follow on Instagram. So we'll be taking a couple of weeks break from No Theory because of Monash's um, two-week semester break Um, but don't forget us we'll be back in October with plenty more guests and their gems of wisdom for now though take care everyone and enjoy the song I am woman by Helen Reddy
2: Go back and pretend Cause I've heard it all before And I've i